0: My name's Sylvia Newton. I was born and raised in Toronto, Ontario, but moved around Canada a lot looking for a better life for my family. I grew up in a family of four children, and I am the oldest. Growing up, I was always the one to take a long time to get my work done, but I made sure I always get the job done. By completing my tasks at all costs, I was frequently in and out of the doctor's office for reasons ranging from minor injuries to persistent headaches. As I was getting used to this kind of living, what was a bad tendency to overwork myself at the expense of my health became a habit, and eventually became a lifestyle. I have two beautiful daughters from my late husband, Charles, the only man I ever loved. Everything I did for the better part of my life was all for these girls, and I worked hard to make sure they had everything they needed. Problems started coming as I approached the age of 50. One summer I had a severe headache for a couple days, which interfered with my work. When I went to the doctor I was told that my blood pressure was too high that I was at risk of dying had I delayed consulting a physician. After a few weeks of treatment, I began to feel better, and went back to my usual self. With too many things going at work and one of my daughters, Sarah, graduating from high school I tried to keep up but ended up in the hospital again. This time I was bleeding from my left eye and had passed out while I was at work. This is a day I remember like it was just yesterday. As I was regaining consciousness I could hear small cheering, and some people whispering she's waking up, it's a miracle. I was scared and embarrassed to say the least. It took me a while to work up the courage of looking at anyone through my right eye as the left I was bandaged. Eventually I opened my eye, and it was the most beautiful cheer, with smiles and tears from everyone including doctors and nurses. Family and friends later came in with flowers and presents. I was told that with what had happened I was taken to surgery right away. There were a lot of complications, and with the timing, it was a long shot for the surgery to be successful, let alone the slim chances of regaining my sight. Thank heavens I was sent home on medication after a couple of days, and I regained my sight after a couple of months. My pirate days were over finally. This period of my recovery brought me closer to my daughter, so I was grateful for that as well. I took my medication as it was prescribed, and did not have any problems with my sight for a while. The year before Sarah got married, several years later, I started having some problems with my sight. I didn't think much of it, so I thought it could go away in no time. The visual problems started getting worse and worse, and that was when I decided to consult my doctor about that. Apparently the medication I was taking for my blood pressure had an uncommon side effect of causing high blood sugar. Compounded with my lack of physical activity and poor diet, I guess it made me a likely victim of the medication. My blood sugar was through the roof that my doctor told me it was an emergency, but was too high to be brought down by medication alone in his office. He called an ambulance, and I was taken to the hospital. I have no idea what was going on at the hospital, but it took several hours for me to get attention. I had eaten earlier, but I was now starving so I went to look for a snack. That is all I remember and the rest I was told is a story. Apparently, I collapsed in the washroom, and probably it wasn't until almost an hour before a nurse found me. I was given medication while I was unconscious to bring down the sugar, but nothing of help to me because I woke up a few days later and everything was dark. I thought it was a practical joke. I couldn't feel anything on face that could have been blocking my sight, and I still placed my hands on my face and there was nothing. Sarah held my hand, and I could sense her trying to hold back her tears. When she started talking that's when reality struck me in the face. Both my daughters started crying and apologizing for not doing enough to help me with my health. I was trying to figure out how best to respond to the onset of this dilemma, but still being strong for my daughters. My hopes for a better life, for love again, to see my daughters start their own lives, or even to ever see the sun shining and the flowers blooming were all gone. It felt like a crash landing. Several minutes after my daughters started comforting me, I started crying, and continued crying for almost two days. It is nearly impossible to explain to anyone what had just happened to me. No one I knew had ever gone through something like that, and I had no idea how to deal with that. It was an emotional slippery slope since the day I realized I had lost my sight. Sarah's wedding came, and passed. I couldn't do anything that most mothers dream of doing for their daughters, from planning the event to helping in making my daughter pretty for the biggest day of her life. I could not do anything that made me feel like I contributed to my daughter's wedding, not even be a good audience. People have told me that I had to be strong in dealing with the circumstances that were beyond my control, but it was easier said than done. I would ask everyone that came to me to put themselves in my shoes, and try to walk for a bit. None of them survived even a few steps. I was not trying to be impossible, but I was trying to give them an idea of what I was going through. No one could have been strong enough on a day like that. For a day you would have waited for half your life. You live long enough until the day, but you do not have the only sense that makes the day and the experience worthwhile. If I say I was deeply heartbroken that would be an understatement. Every day since Sarah's wedding I contemplated suicide, but never brought myself to even attempt it for the simple reason that it would be a selfish thing to do, and I would only hurt my daughters. It was a painful life, and days seemed to be longer than before. A year later my other daughter graduated from high school, and it was the wedding all over again. As much as my doctor tried to help, and heavens knows how grateful I am for the way she went out of her way to make sure I adjusted well to my new life. Being a mother and with my insecurities on my daughter's graduation I became emotional again, and nothing helped. I felt like I was tied to a pole with someone shooting arrows at my heart, and it was like this for a couple of years, every day for every week of every month and for every year. Two years went by and it felt like forever. Sarah came with great news with her husband. She was pregnant. Later on, she was told me she was having twin boys. At this point anyone that understands my story can now imagine what I was going through. It was a heartache that never went away. I used to cry a lot to relieve the emotion, but at this point I could cry no more. Maybe I was dead inside and did not care anymore, but through this all I tried not to let my daughter see through my pain. They knew I was not a happy woman, but I doubt they knew to what extent. My grandsons were born without any complications, and my daughter did not have much problems recovering from childbirth. It was not until after I started spending time with my grandsons that I stopped feeling sorry for myself. I began to live my life the best way my limited abilities could allow me. Life has been so amazing since I started spending time with those two boys. It does not bother me that I will never see them, but I have learned to appreciate the world with my other senses. My daughter hired a babysitter who helps me with the kids, but those boys bring me so much joy that I never thought I could ever have again. From the moment they came into my life it felt good to be back into the world again. Just two months ago, my doctor told me that my kidneys were failing and she wanted to start me on treatment. I told her how grateful I was for everything she has done for me and my family, but I have lived a life that should not be prolonged. I told her that I had suffered, endured, and enjoyed making the most of my life, and it was not wise for me to prolong my life. I accepted my fate, and I refused the treatment. I have two great daughters, and I could not thank the heavens enough for giving me such children. They endured with me my painful journey through my midlife. They were there for me even when I wanted them to enjoy their lives, taking turns assisting me with everything to make my life more manageable. I have only asked them for one thing— to take good care of themselves for the sake of their families. I opened up to them about all the pain, and how I had refused life-saving treatment. They were emotional, but they understood. If I could turn back the hands of time I really do not know what I would change, but I would certainly do all it takes to keep myself healthy. I sacrificed my health to work and make money, but spent all the money trying to get back my health. I am ashamed to have been a perfect example of the words by James J. Lackard. I appeal to everyone that read my story to try and avoid what happened to me. Everything that happened to me could have been avoided by taking good care of myself, the high blood pressure, and the diabetes. We only live once, and you do not know where you go after this life has ended. Make the most of this life at the very least. Talk to your doctor or anyone that can help you manage your health because those people may save your life. Do not wait until something goes wrong, start now. I only wish there was anything I could have done to convince more people not to take their health for granted. Take good care of yourselves you all, and thank you for listening to my story. Personal information and some minor details in the story were changed to protect the identities of the people in the story.